Hello, howdy. This is Spur of the Moment from Lasso Digital. I'm Annika Pelkey. On this episode, I sat down with Rich Hoops, the executive director of Impact Charitable. His organization brings philanthropists and community partners, financial institutions, foundations, social enterprises, and governmental bodies together. With decades of experience across sectors, Rich shared his insights into running a nonprofit, pulling management methods from his for-profit background to achieve a greater impact. It seems like you have had a super interesting career. I know you worked in marketing for a time and have served on many boards and are currently serving as the executive director of Impact Charitable. Can you tell me a bit about your career from your perspective? I know that I think other than Impact Charitable, maybe you've served on six other boards in your career. Could you speak to that a bit? Yeah, I've I've served on a number. Yeah, so I've been very fortunate. I, you know, I spent the first kind of 16 years of my career in the private sector. Uh, After university, I got into the personal computer industry and, you know, was a, you know, a corporate, you know, marketing executive uh, with a, a, you know, Fortune, you know, 100 company and then moved to Colorado and got interested in venture capital, moved to Colorado, started a small company. And then after, when I moved to, to Boulder back in 2000, uh, I wanted to start to engage in the community and, and and kind of contribute and give some time. And so my foray into the nonprofit sector was through an organization called Social Venture Partners. Uh, it's a national organization, actually international organization who has chapters around the country. And there's one in, in Denver, there's SVP Denver, and there's Social Venture Partners, Boulder County. And so I started kind of in, and those organizations have folks like me, partners like me, who contribute capital and time on a pro bono basis to invest in early stage nonprofits. And we advise executive directors and boards on a, a range of topics, typically using our business experience, helping with strategic planning and financial planning and other kinds of capacity building. And so I really enjoyed that work. And after I got out of my startup in about 2004, I took a little bit of a sabbatical, but I'm not one to sit idle for very long. So I just decided to use that time to just donate and volunteer with as many nonprofits as I could. And I started uh, collaborating with the Community Foundation and, and holding workshops for executive directors on a number of management strategy topics, et cetera. And that kind of really was led to, you know, what I thought at the point at that time was just going to be a kind of a, a, a season in which I volunteered a lot of time to really a second career in kind of the uh, what I would just say the broader social sector. So I started to go from advising boards to, you know, founding, co-founding some nonprofits, chairing some boards. And then, you know, as I mentioned, uh, we started our small private family foundation in in kind of 2009, got interested in impact investing. And so I don't want to say the rest is history, but I've I've spent the better part of the last kind of 15 years uh, full time in the the social sector doing a number of things, both on the nonprofit side as well as for-profit social venture side. I've been an active impact investor myself particularly in East Africa, where I've got a, a real passion. And so I've been and a philanthropist. So, you know, through our private foundation, we steward our resources and, and are active in philanthropy, active impact investing, and continue to kind of serve on a variety of nonprofit boards and 
I've had a kind of a portfolio career over these last 15 years, always kind of juggling a handful of things, including starting the Impact Hub in Boulder uh, in 2012, which was a lot of fun. We had a six-year run as a you know a, a, a collaborative you know, and shared work and, and uh, learning space for nonprofits and social businesses in downtown Boulder. Yeah, and this is the Impact Charitable was just another one of those board kind of opportunities and, and board roles until two years ago. I moved to, to Denver, you know, several years ago and wanted to, was looking for an opportunity to get involved more deeply in the local community. And the founder of Impact Charitable, uh, Ed Briscoe, uh, had to kind of step away and devote his time to his, uh, his, his kind of day jobs. And so, yeah, the board asked me to step down and run Impact Charitable a couple of years ago. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We're doing lots of really good work and we've got a, a fantastic team. Yeah. And, and, and growing a lot. So that's been fun. If you could tell me a bit about Impact Charitable and your role there. Yeah, sure. Impact Charitable, we're a, we're a 501c3 nonprofit impact capital intermediary and program design and management organization. Then we essentially help philanthropists and funders of various kind of shapes and sizes and types, um, private foundations, high net worth individuals, family offices, government entities, offices, departments, kind of move their granted and, 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 and philanthropic capital in unique ways for impact. And we do that primarily through a variety of impact investing strategies and tools and resources, as well as we're kind of a recognized leader in the development and deployment of direct cash and economic mobility programs. We were founded in 2015. I was a founding board member, but have been the executive director uh, and thus managing the day-to-day for the last two years. Donor advised funds have been around, you know, since the the 1980s, and you find those typically in your community foundations. Uh, and then there's, you know, Schwab Charitable and Fidelity Charitable, and so there are organizations that have existed for a while that have helped, kind of individuals in particular, but in some cases family offices and even kind of private, you know, family foundations do grant making. But we were founded with the specific emphasis and, and special and expertise in helping these entities, individuals, et cetera, use their donated capital in more unique ways, primarily around impact investing. So what a lot of people don't kind of understand or are aware of is that you can, as an individual, using donor advised funds and, and even private foundations, can use your donated capital to actually make investments uh, in, instead of just simply regranting it to another 501c3 or charitable organization. So you can invest that in a variety of ways in a variety of structures. And you can invest it in, in both kind of nonprofits. So you can, you can lend money to a nonprofit, for, help them buy real estate. You can lend them money for working capital. And you can also invest it in for-profit social impact businesses. So as long as the fund, project, venture, organization is mission-driven, mission-first, you can use your donated capital to make investments. And in many ways, in many cases, it offers the organization a source of capital that they wouldn't otherwise be able to access through kind of the traditional financial systems, which is really important for the organization or the fund. And then for the donor, for those making the investments, it has the opportunity for lots of leverage in that you're 
having an impact with your capital. You're helping organizations and, and projects and funds achieve impact, but you also have the, the prospect of getting a return on that investment. And once you do, you can recycle that donated capital for more leverage. So we offer a variety of services, direct investments, so we can help individuals and entities make investments in specific ventures or funds. And we also help a lot of private foundations make program-related investments, uh, again, into specific entities or in, in some cases, funds. Like I mentioned, your organization is super unique, at least to me. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you guys got started. I know you mentioned uh, you were founded in 2015 and you were one of the founding board members. I'd love to hear about how you guys saw a need for an organization like this. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, really gained lots of popularity around 2008 and 2009. There was a gathering of kind of made some of the major philanthropic players, the Rockefeller Foundation, a number of them in New York, I think it was in 2008. And they they had been doing some impact investing, but they hadn't they weren't calling it that. And uh, one of the results of the gathering was they, they coined this term impact investing. And so it, it started to gain lots of traction. Folks in, in some of the, the local folks in the philanthropic community and entrepreneurial community started to look for different ways to kind of promote impact investing, this impact notion of impact first investing. And in about 2010, 10 or 11, an an organization called Impact Assets was created in the Bay Area. And it was really the first kind of philanthropic organization that offered donor advised fund services with a specific emphasis on helping people use their donated capital to make impact investments. And so impact assets was focused on ensuring that when your money was just sitting in investment with impact assets, that it was invested in a way that aligned with your values. So it was invested in clean tech companies and and different environmental social government focused uh, funds. And then the other side of that was this idea that we wanted to help you make impact investments with that donated capital. And so impact assets kind of set the stage or at least kind of created this this un- awareness and understanding that you actually could create a donor advice fund or a 501c3 with this emphasis. And so a friend of mine had decided that, you know, he was a big fan of this idea of providing alternatives for at least folks in Colorado to have access to these direct investments and using their capital in unique ways. And so, yeah, it was started out in 2015, kind of as a donor advised fund provider, which again, there are many, you know, here locally that your community foundations, whether that's the Denver Foundation, Rose Community Foundation, Community First Foundation, and then Schwab Charitable, Fidelity Charitable. There's a, right, there's lots of options for donor advised funds, but none of them would help their donors, their donor advisors do anything other than traditional grant making. So Ed saw an opportunity in the market to create one that was really focused on impact investing. And then, you know, we, as we started to kind of demonstrate our, I guess, our capabilities, we started to get interest from foundations and, and others who um, wanted, you know, family offices, private foundations, even government entities who wanted to do kind of non-traditional things with this capital, but didn't have the internal expertise or capacity. And so we just started getting asked to do more and more of this kind of transaction intermediary work, and which has now become almost the bulk of what we do alongside direct cash. 
Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think that something that really intrigues me about the work that you guys do is kind of the behind the scenes stuff. I'd love to hear a bit more about how your organization identifies where capital gaps might be in community needs. Oftentimes, we'll either have ventures or funds who are raising impact first capital come to us and thus we at least know that they're there. More often than not, it's a combination of the the ventures, the funds, the projects, the, the, the individuals and entities that are seeking capital who have had some conversations as they go out and they fundraise, but realize that in order for their potential investors to kind of actually move capital, they they would need help. They would need either an intermediary or they they would need some of our services to actually do diligence or do underwriting or help actually structure the investments. Oftentimes, impact investors on, on the supply side of capital don't have the skills, experience, expertise to actually do the transaction. And then more often than not, those who are seeking <laughs> are often first time you know, they're looking for capital for the first time. So both sides are somewhat inexperienced. And so that's where we come in. Usually it's either investors coming in and saying, hey, I have this thing that I'd like to invest in, but I need your help. And or we have the folks seeking capital say, hey, I'm out fundraising and I've got some interest, but my investors could use some, you know, our invest, my investors and I could really use your help for a variety of reasons to actually make this thing come together. So in many cases, we're the, we're the conduit or the bridge that connects the supply and demand for, for impact first capital. I'd love to hear if you, I don't know, it sounds like you kind of found a passion um, in the social sector. I'd love to hear if um, you have any idea on why it kept calling to you. <laughs> You know, I think part of it, a lot of it is, it's you know, it's about the people. You know, when you, my early experiences, and these were largely with pretty small nonprofits serving a variety of issue areas in, in the greater Boulder County area, and coming alongside executive directors, program managers, and boards of organizations who work tirelessly, you know, to solve, you know, issues in their community smart, passionate, hardworking folks, it became really easy to kind of, for me to walk alongside them. And I discovered fairly early that along with a lot of that passion that often comes with starting kind of early stage nonprofits, there's also somewhat a, a lack of what I would call kind of business and management experience, right? Most nonprofits are founded by individuals who have kind of issue area expertise. They often start out in social work or they've, they've been program managers. But running a nonprofit is like is running a business. And I found, as we all did at Social Venture Partners, that our, our business expertise, our experience of, of starting, growing, and running organizations and helping them scale had lots of impact. So as whether I was doing helping an organization do strategic planning or just mentoring, providing kind of executive coaching to to uh, EDs of organizations, was finding that you know I was I was making a difference. And so when you when I put those two together, being able to kind of walk alongside individuals who were really inspirational and and passionate and hardworking, and that my in the investment of my time and experience 
with having a demonstrable you know effect on those individuals and those organizations it was just something i couldn't couldn't kind of turn away from uh it was just too much fun it, it you know as much as i enjoyed my private sector experience immensely and was is extremely fortunate in in that regard you know pales in comparison to the the kind of the satisfaction that I've gotten in the work that I've done in the social sector over these past years. You've sort of spoke to it a little bit, but I'd love to hear some of the most important lessons you've learned from working in the social sector. The first thing I took away after working with nonprofits in those early years was that they really are businesses. You know, I think I knew nothing about nonprofits when I first started you know, kind of coaching and advising. And I so I spent a lot of time listening and I kept, you know, trying to understand what is unique about nonprofits, you know, versus my private sector experience. Uh, so, you know, what is the major differences between for-profits and nonprofits? And and there there are clearly some, you know, kind of unique, unique differences that make them both challenging and interesting, et cetera. But at its core, as what I came away with was that they are actually businesses and for the and in many cases they're not really run like businesses they're not run with the type of rigor and discipline and kind of strategic thought that they that they need to now that being said is i also gained a, a real appreciation for the nuances of nonprofits so those areas where they are different where you know relationships and communities and, and issue areas are complex and they're not always straight you know kind of uh, straightforward you know the i guess the other thing that you know you that i recognize is that the, the, there's which again is why kind of i got into impact investing is that the nonprofit space and the social sector in particular is is pretty inefficient if it was uh, which is evident by that we're still tackling with the same issues we've been tackling with for decades mm -hmm. right so if 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 the government sector and the private sector and the social sector were really effective at kind of solving these problems then we wouldn't you know we wouldn't still probably need a social sector so we need to continue to come up with kind of disruptive creative approaches to how we use capital and how we yeah how we think about allocating resources and in general the the nonprofit sector and philanthropic sector is not very innovative and is highly which is kind of still one of the things that can drive someone mad particularly me is that the philanthropic sector is fairly risk averse mm -hmm. and yet it should be capital that we are taking all kinds of risks with you know uh so i think there's a variety of things you know i've it's really hard to scale nonprofits, which is why for-profit social ventures are uh, increasingly attractive. But yeah, those are some of the things that I've learned along the way. I'm sure it's quite similar, but any advice to someone who is new to directing their nonprofit? Well, I, I think this gets back to something that I, for the last question, you know, one of the things that I learned and and, and, and have experienced, right, is, is that a nonprofit is only as effective as its leadership. Mm -hmm. And so high-performing nonprofits have a couple of things kind of in common. They have a really strong executive director. They have a really strong board and board chair in particular. And those two have a really strong relationship. And unfortunately, I would say that that is the exception rather than the rule. Mm. I found most nonprofit boards to be, I would say, marginally effective. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's more common than not that that the the board and the executive directors have you know relationships that are kind of more check and balance uh, you know oriented than it is kind of real partnership oriented. I've seen both sides, and as an executive director today, it's 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 critical. And you know, I've chaired a number of organizations over the years, and that recipe is yeah is is fairly consistent in terms of what success looks like so to that degree back to your question you know those there's a couple of things you know run your organization with rigor right what i used to tell executive directors is that just because you have a tax exempt status isn't a license for not to run a very kind of rigorous and disciplined organization that ex- that expects high performance uh, out of the individuals and in the organization as well as the organization as a whole. And work hard to help develop your board and find you know board you know, board and board leadership that wants to be engaged and understands its role, kind of its dual role in both kind of certainly the primarily the governance function, but really as a support you know, a support system for the executive director and the senior management team to do the work and do the work well. And those are, you know, those aren't easy tasks, but they're, to me, they make all the difference in the world. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that is really helpful for a lot of folks to hear as someone who has worked in the nonprofit sector. I definitely agree that boards and executive directors maybe could be better at working together. (laughs) So are there any times maybe that stand out to you in your career in the social sector when you really saw the impact of your work and what you've done? Oh, wow. (laughs) Big Um, question. Sorry. (laughs) It is a big question. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I, on my board work, I tend to, uh, I, I tend to join boards or end up in leadership positions and boards that are at a kind of a pivotal juncture they've they're either brand new or they're fairly early in their life cycle and they've achieved some growth but they yeah they're at they're at a place where they have some growing pains where in order to continue to scale they need systems and infrastructure do you have any advice for nonprofits looking to get social impact investors involved with their org? Yeah, I think, you know, first it's starting to kind of just become aware and, and think about opportunities where investment capital can can make a difference. Again, whether that's, you know, working capital, whether that's, you know, a lot of nonprofits are you know challenged to find a permanent home. So, is it instead of paying rent? Is it possible to secure your own space? And if and if so, there are there are more and more kind of initiatives around providing nonprofits financing and funding for their own real estate. Do you have a you know a lot of nonprofits are starting kind of revenue generating activities, social enterprises within their nonprofit? And if you can, if you if you have one of those, could that grow with some? you know, some investment, some loan capital or investment capital. Yeah. And just try to learn more, you know, as much as you can about, about those opportunities. Like I said, there's more and more capital available to organizations and more, even though we'd like to have more, there's more and more foundations and individuals willing to make some of these investments. And that's, you know, part of what we're trying to do as an impact charitable is to continue to raise awareness around, 
both for those seeking investment, but those also with investment capital, uh, seeking awareness about the different opportunities. Sweet. And then before I let you go, how can organizations or individuals get involved with Impact Charitable? Yeah, well, you can you know reach out to us on on email. You can go to the website and, and learn about things. That would be the easiest way. Subscribe to a newsletter. It's one of the ways to kind of better understand the types of things that we do, the types of organizations we help move capital into, the types of unique opportunities. And so, uh, yeah, I would suggest, yeah, signing up for our newsletter because that's a, a good way to kind of start to come up to speed on what's possible with impact capital. And then certainly reach out to us if you think, yeah, if we can help. Spur of the Moment is produced by Lasso Digital, a marketing and fundraising agency with the goal of helping nonprofits raise more funds, spread their vision, and achieve their mission. Our show is directed by Annika Pelkey, edited by Katie Janner, and our music is by Sean Hess. To find more episodes of Spur of the Moment or to find out more about Lasso, check out our website, lassodigital.co. Mm-hmm.